This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live on a Friday, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. September 4th, wherever and however you're connected, this is how we do it. Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who I plan on sharing a few frequent flyer miles with after this trip to Annapolis, Jerem Jordan. This will be a long one, but a fun one. So you leave right after the show. You had a COVID test earlier this week, and uh, you're headed out, man. Let's go. Thankfully healthy and uh, ready to roll. You have the result back? Now we just need you good? BYU It'd be to really be awkward if you had healthy. a positive test no. and you were sitting there. <laughs> Be really. Hey, um, what are I'm you doing positive. for the next five days, Jerem? I'm positive it was negative. Yes. Nice. Yeah. All good. Health, yeah. health is good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which right. is good. So it's September 4th. We are so close, and we are literally only doing this one more time after this until the game. Oh yeah. Hit it. Countdown to Navy. It'll be two tomorrow, one on Sunday, and then on uh, Monday, it's game day. Yeah, what We do made you, it! Almost. What do you say on game day? It's game day! I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> Bring in Brian Logan. Help us remember. He's yes. typically the guy he, that's been he, here. He is the guy that has done it before. Yeah, you and Jason need to come up with... Uh, oh, are we firing those off? We're going to be at the stadium, by the way. LaBella Stadium. It's going to be fun. And fire off the confetti canyons? Yes, yes. Uh, can- canyons. Cannons? Yeah, the canyons. The Cougar Canyons. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Three days I don't know away. how we're going to do that, but we'll figure it out by Monday. <laughs> we'll work out the details. when we David Almodov has all the answers. <laughs> Who's cleaning up the confetti cannons at the stadium? That's a question for the producer. <laughs> <laughs> On to more important things like today's show lineup. ESPN College Football Insider Trevor Maddich joins us. On a Maddich Friday, we usually do this on Monday. It's a Maddich Friday. Why a BYU win over Navy, put on your blue goggles, Jerem, has Trevor thinking BYU could be in for something very special in 2020. What? This (laughs) day in BYU football history features zero luck for the Irish, Mm -hmm. plus one-on-one with BYU wide receiver Dax Milne. What kind of opportunity does BYU's offense have against an aggressive Navy defense, and we play Know the Foe Naval oh, okay. Academy edition. Let's go. Oh, yeah. I Here like are today's it. BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football kicks off the season in three days, as mentioned, against Navy in Annapolis, Maryland. For a Labor Day matchup, the Cougars currently a one-and-a-half-point dog. Offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes says the midshipmen bring it on defense. A lot of variety and, um, and a willingness to, to go after you. And so I really respect the guy and what he's done there. I respect their players. They play incredibly hard. And it'll be a great challenge for us, to be honest with you. Monday pregame coverage begins on BYU Radio with Cougar Pregame Live with your boy Jason Shepard. An hour later, BYU TV's countdown to kickoff. 7 Eastern, Spencer live from Annapolis. Dave Blaine, David live from Provo. Cannot wait. It's going to be awesome, man. Cannot wait. BYU golf alum Patrick Fishburn is on the course right now in the second round of the Lincoln Land Championship, part of the Corn Ferry Tour. P. Fish shot three under in his opening round. Very solid. Off to a little bit of a rocky start today. He's currently tied for 87th at one under. He's got some work to do if he wants to make the cut. 
Last night, I chatted with men's basketball coach Mark Pope on the uh, IG Live for BYU Cougars. He said he hopes to have more info on what the season could look like for men's hoops by September 16th, including one possible option of pushing the season back 15 days to November 25th. I'd take that right now. I I keep thinking, uh, you know, it's going to be January, but hopefully we play somewhat on time. Another option thrown out there, he mentioned, is that there would be a bubble of the top 20 to 30 teams from last year somewhere. So that, in theory, could include BYU. So... Maybe what BYU did last year will reap benefits for this year in some way, tangibly, with some kind of bubble. We'll see. Can you imagine being a traditional power that maybe didn't have a great season and is left on the outside looking in and watching a team like BYU? That that would get really, really interesting. Yeah. But I just hope BYU is included. And he, he made the point uh, really hard. And it was really fun. If you missed it, you can go on Instagram and watch it still. It's about an hour of conversation. But he, he said that uh, the NCAA, they've got to play March Madness financially. Like, to keep the NCAA going, he thinks that's really important because it's a billion dollars. Yes. And so they're gonna fi- he, he said they're going to figure out how to play March Madness. And maybe it's just the tourney. If, they're, if you know, uh, it, it doesn't work out, the non-conference happens or whatever. So we'll, we'll see. Um, hopefully basketball happens. Football needs to succeed here. For basketball to have some success. I think that's really important. Yes. The NBA doing what they've done and the NHL, like there are models out there that are showing like, hey, you can do this. Well, those are bubble. to me, right, in a bubble situation. You can, you can, so they could do the tournament like they, they, and, so and, they designate three or four like regional right. areas. It, listen, MLB's had its issues, but most of the teams have played un, unfettered. I, I don't think we can act like MLB was this disaster. No. They, most Still of going. the teams have played. Still going. Yes, there have been issues, naturally, but let's go. So you, my point is, you don't have to be in a bubble, per se, for this to work. That's can, what I'm saying. You can figure out a way to yeah. play the tournament without NHL having and to NBA are the unique ones that don't apply to the NCAA, in my opinion. All right. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Little over 72 hours until BYU takes the field against Navy in Annapolis. I can't even believe I'm saying this, yet here we are, the Cougars set to open their season on ESPN National Television against a very aggressive and well-coached Naval Academy team. Jerem, Navy likes to take care of the ball. They like to hold on to the ball. BYU wants to have a fast-paced, high-scoring offense. Which side of the ball for BYU football on Monday, Labor Day, will have the greatest impact on BYU's potential result this Monday? Uh, They will have a result, and hopefully it's a win, right? Uh, It's BYU's defense because Navy is uh, a unique offense. And if BYU cannot slow down Navy, I don't think the Cougars win this game. I could see an argument for, hey, they outscore them. BYU struggled in season openers. That's been a thing. Now, Navy, again, Malcolm Perry's gone. 2,000-yard rusher, incredible quarterback, leader. He's gone. This was the nation's top rushing offense by 62 yards last year. He had a big deal to do with that, right? But they do what they do. Eighth in time of possession, first in rushing yards, again, by 62 yards over Air Force and Army, by the way. Tenth in yards per play, tenth in offensive ratings. This is not going to be that same offensive juggernaut. I still think they'll have a quality rushing attack, of course. Dalen Morris hasn't thrown a pass, and he's only rushed five times in his career. He's a starting quarterback, but they were awesome on offense. They were awesome as a team. They lost two games. It was to Memphis and Notre Dame, who were both in the top 17, and Navy itself was 20th. So I think it's dependent on the BYU defense that was 
Last year, 62nd in rush defense in yards per carry, 48th in scoring, 109th in tackles for loss. This defense has got to be better. But the good news is, BYU has a really, really good core of its rushing defense back. BYU did lose some capable playmakers on the back end, but uh, return a Troy Warner and a Zane Anderson and a Chris Wilcox and a dot, 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 all those linebackers, the defensive line. I think the BYU defense, especially the front seven, and frankly, it might be like a front nine, right, in this game, needs to bring it for BYU to be able to win this game. This is so tough to answer because both sides will play such a critical role, specifically against a team like Navy, because they are so unique. BYU's offense is going to have minimal opportunities, you would think, if Navy is able to hold on to the ball like they want to. So you've got to capitalize on those minimal opportunities with Zach Wilson and that BYU offensive attack. So for me, it's leaning towards the offense. Jerem, I feel like BYU has got to hit that Bronco Mendenhall mark of 24 points to beat Navy, to feel comfortable about winning this first game. And in the Kalani Satake era in season openers, it's not been really close to that 24 mark, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. In four season openers under Kalani Satake, BYU has averaged 19.5 points per game in those first games of the season. 19.5. What is the defense average uh, giving up? Because that's important, too, in this conversation. Because what do we think is actually going to happen on Monday? I I think it's a game in the 20s. I I think that uh, BYU has been competing and practicing since June. You hope the offense is in a good spot. Without Matt Bushman, there is a massive gap there that needs to be filled, and sometimes that takes a sec to figure out. Zach Wilson's going to still throw passes to someone who's going to catch it. It just won't be Matt Bushman, right? That No Matt Bushman does not mean fewer pass attempts, per se. Um, although, depending on certain situations, maybe they would have gone to Matt uh, and tried to find him in this situation, but they go with a run. Who knows? I'm interested to see if the BYU offense can mitigate anything that the, the Navy offense is doing. Fewer possessions is a thing that will happen because Navy is not going to throw the ball a lot, and then the, and then the clock stops. There's less time in the game for BYU to possess the ball. That means one, two fewer possessions, so BYU does need to score more often. Jake Oldroyd needs to make long field goals. BYU needs to be better in the red zone, as we've chronicled throughout the fall. Yeah. And, and again, it, that's another reason why I lean towards the offense. You've got to capitalize where they haven't in the recent past. Right. And, and Navy typically is uh, not going to throw a pick, right? Because they're just not going to throw. So what did BYU do so well last year for a long time was drop eight and pick off the ball. This is a unique setup. Going on the road, having a travel disadvantage, uh, great opportunity, no crowd, unique defense. This is a challenge, as Jeff Grime mentioned, but I think BYU is super capable. Like, I expect BYU to go in and compete well. And I expect BYU to win a close game at Navy. I just did some rough math in my mind because you presented the question. Your math is never rough. It's very fine. Hey, you it's presented like the question sand. of how many points per game is BYU's defense giving up in the four season openers. Yeah. In 16, BYU gave up 16 points to Arizona. Mm-hmm. They gave up six to yep. Portland State in 2017, which is 22. They gave up 23, 23 to Arizona. Yep. And they gave up well, 30 to Utah. Sorry, so that's a total 30. of 75 yep. divided by four takes you to just under 19 points a game, 18.75 points So it's like game. 20 to 19. The score is 19.5 to 18.75. That's not even possible. That's not, that's not even a thing. Uh, 
Yeah, it's BYU, like a 20 to 19 BYU's game. BYU's got to cross the, you would think, the 20-point, if not get to the 24-point mark to feel comfortable about winning at, at Navy. And with limited opportunities, man, they've got to really be effective in the red zone. If BYU's offense doesn't come out strong here, again, Matt Bushman's out. That throws a wrinkle into this. And, and it's the third year of Zach Wilson. It's the third year of Jeff Grimes and this offensive staff. BYU didn't lose a, an offensive coach, right? Um, they better come out fast. I know that they've dealt with some running back personnel issues. but And Matt Bushman's out. Those are certainly challenges. But what was the point of volunteer practice from June on if you can't mesh and do it right now? I, I think I expect the BYU team to get to 24-plus. They have the same OC and the same quarterback and the same O-line, which we think has, well, PFF thinks, actually, the two of the top 20. They should come out and be able to score 24-plus in this game. This Navy defense is definitely solid. My question is not about the BYU offense. It's about the BYU defense being able to be disciplined and not give up long runs due to a unique scheme against Navy's offense. Can they get Navy's offense off the field on third and short scenarios? Navy thrives off capitalizing right. on third and fours, Third and threes, third and twos, they they make a Four, killing. Force a third and six where they maybe feel like they have to throw it, and then that's just abstract area, right, for Navy at times. They only threw the ball about eight times a game last year. Okay, our question of the day, centering on this very subject we're discussing, will the BYU offense or the BYU defense have a greater impact on the outcome of the game at Navy on Monday night? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation. On BYU Sports Nation. At Toby Mac answers on Twitter. Offense. Navy's defense is coming off a top 25 ranking last year. If the BYU offense can't keep a drive alive, the defense is going to fatigue and break down no matter how stout they are. Hashtag BYUSN. Yeah, there's so much uh, connectivity and synergy between the offense and the defense, right? Um, that, hey, BYU's offense could win the game. Yeah, they're moving the ball down the field and getting a lead, and Navy feels like, shoot, we can't just run it all three downs every time. That's the thing. If BYU builds a lead, Navy is not the type of offense that is set up to play well in the I have to come back role. Catch up, yeah. Yeah, they they don't play well in the catch up role. Right. Not to be confused with. There's a joke there. Yes. (laughs) Spicy ketchup from uh, Whataburger. I just got a three pack. If you need one, let me know. Coming up, BYU hoops in a bubble. And if BYU beats Navy, ESPN's Trevor Maddich says special things could be in the mix. We talk with the ESPN College Football Insider next on BYU Sports Nation. (laughs) BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Game day means countdown to kickoff is back. 7 Eastern, Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, and Spencer Linton get you ready for the Cougars season opener at Navy from Provo and Annapolis, Maryland. We are live on a Friday in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. It is a rare Maddich Friday. Oh, yeah. Usually a Maddich Monday, but we have gone Maddich Friday as ESPN College Football Insider and expert BYU National champion Trevor Maddich joins us once again on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline via Zoom. Trevor, great to have you on a Friday. How are you? Hey, great to be here. I tell you, well, I'm, I am uh, grateful to be living in this time. I, I wouldn't have had a cataract surgery here. I got a mark above my right eye. That's can't get it off. That's to make sure they did the right one. It's weird, though. It wasn't that long ago that people used to die at the age of 27 from an abscess tooth. 
Now, if your eyes are a little fuzzy, they give you a new cornea so or a lens <laughs> or whatever they did. So, you know, it's, it's crazy to live in this time, but I'm very grateful for that. But that's why my eyes look a little weird. Indeed. Well, no, we, I didn't think your eyes looked weird at all, uh, but it's, we're, it's we're, not HD with zoom anymore. Yeah, so that's good. We're glad that your corneas <laughs> are, are correct because now, now you have the great eyesight to watch actual college football this weekend, including BYU on Monday. Um, it's hard for us to believe that this is actually happening. Where, where do you stand mentally on college football kicking off at the FBS level this weekend? I'm extremely hopeful, Spencer. I'm hopeful, but I, I'm afraid to go all in. Because there are games scheduled for September, but it may still all fall apart if teams can't keep the virus out of their their programs, out of their ecosystem. So I'm hoping, fingers crossed, and praying that everybody will stay healthy and we can continue this season. BYU could have its most viewed TV game in history on Monday. Monday Night Football, ESPN, Reese Davis, Kirk Herbstreit, Allison Williams. This is going to be big time. What do you think of the matchup with Navy and the opportunity BYU has to make a splash in front of perhaps the biggest audience they've ever played in front of? Yeah, this is absolutely a phenomenal opportunity for BYU, and it's a great replacement for what would have been a phenomenal opportunity to get Michigan State at altitude in Provo. I think it's a fun matchup, but one thing you mentioned, Jerem, I think is really important, and that is the exposure that this gives the BYU program for playing on a Monday night. I mean, since they've got independent, only USC and Stanford in the West have more national games than BYU does. And because there's a built-in national audience, and not just the LDS community, but those who know BYU is an exciting program to watch. I mean, that why rolls out there in those helmets. doesn't matter who they're playing. You can expect fireworks on both sides. Because of that, I think they're a natural draw. And I think it'll be a great opportunity to show the nation what they're all about. Trevor, what do you think of the matchup with Navy after the midshipmen lose Malcolm Perry, who was an all-world quarterback and ran for over 2,000 yards, yet they're a little bit rebuilding, and uh, now BYU comes in with Zach Wilson and company, but no Matt Bushman. What do you think of the matchup? You know, it's an interesting matchup, and it's hard to really get a, a, a perfect read on, but there are a lot of reasons that BYU fans should be excited about this. One is that the, the Navy offense without Malcolm Perry at quarterback will be different. Perry was, was one of the most explosive players in all of college football during his time at Navy. And so they have to get a new quarterback in there without having had the advantage of spring practice and all the things that help get that kind of triple option running at a high level. So how long will it take them to put it together? On the other side of the ball, BYU's linebackers are phenomenal. I mean, they're fast, they're deep, they're experienced, they're savvy, and they've shown that they've got a lot of playmakers there uh, to go with Zane Anderson as well. And those are the kinds of players that you need in order to make sure to, you can hold an offense like this in check. Guys that will be in the right place, doing the right things in the right way. And the other place I'm really watching in this game is in the middle because Navy replaced a senior center from last year. The guy coming in is a good player, but Kyrus Tonga is back. And I think that should be an advantage for BYU. And that's important because Navy does bring back one of the most devastating rushing fullbacks in college football. And so that battle between Kairos Tonga and Navy's new center will be a big part of this game. The new quarterback, Dalen Morris, is an interesting cat, too, because he has five rushes for 20 yards and zero passes attempted in his career, yet he's a senior. He had uh, an unofficial to Alabama when he was younger in high school, so he's got some talent, obviously. 
But for a guy that's never completed a pass and only rushed five times in his career, this is quite the stage. Do you expect BYU to somehow put some pressure on him to make plays? I think they will. I think they'll crowd that line of scrimmage like most teams do and force him to force BYU's safeties to get back deep again. That's one of the advantages that BYU has going into it, and it's one of the things to watch. But see, on the other side of the ball, Navy secondary, I think, would be their weakness on defense if there is one. And with Zach Wilson coming back, you'd think that BYU would be ready to exploit that. The problem is they've lost so many receivers from last year. Now Matt Bushman is out, like you mentioned. And the question will be, can the new combination of experienced receivers and exciting young talent, but none of which is really totally proven yet, can they exploit that Navy secondary and allow Zach Wilson to do everything that he can do from a talent standpoint? So early in the season, it's a big what if. And that's one of the things that we need to watch, not just for this game, but for the rest of the year. Because if BYU is able to beat Navy, they have a reasonable chance to put together a 7-1 or even 8-0 season. And you never know. They might even add more games down the road. If uh, other teams have games that are canceled and BYU has an open week, something might pop up. But we'll get a, a good look at that new receiver core, which is the biggest question, not necessarily a weakness, but question as to whether or not BYU can rise up to the level of the talent of their quarterback and offensive line. Trevor, we talked yesterday we, about... We have to put on the blue goggles yes. if we hear 8-0. I just want to point that out. <laughs> we, we talked we about... say 8-0, blue goggles. The possibility of BYU, <laughs> if they beat Navy, at, and that being a hinge point game like you just pointed out, and then taking care of business, of them having a potentially special season. So if they get to 8-0, and like you said, they might add more games, but even if they don't, yes, Jaron, put them back on... If BYU's 8-0, is there enough there in the schedule that the Cougars, with a modified 76 teams playing, could work themselves into a big bowl game, dare I say, a New Year's Six scenario? I think that's a possibility, in part because of the natural audience that BYU brings to games like that. Uh, I love the I love the blue glasses there. <laughs> and when <laughs> so it comes stupid. to and by the way, when I say that that's a possibility, that that's what it is. Is it's a possibility? Right. You know that Navy's a big obstacle, and and ESPN's Football Power in, Index FPI only gives BYU about a thirty eight percent chance to win that game. But if they can get past it, all of a sudden things tend to open up a little bit. So we're talking hypotheticals here, since everybody's undefeated at this point. And if they do go eight, no, there's a good chance of that. Part of the reason is because with the ACC, SEC, and Big 12 playing the schedules that they will play, especially the SEC, there might be more losses there. Normally, the SEC runner-up has usually one loss, sometimes two, usually one. You might have two to three losses for the next best team in the SEC because they've gone from eight conference games to 10 conference games. They've built in conference losses because of that. And so if the SEC kind of cannibalizes itself a little bit, and with Notre Dame in the ACC, there may be more losses in there. There's a possibility that it will open up for BYU. Also remember that since the Big Ten and the Pac-12 aren't playing this fall, that takes those teams out of the running for New Year's Six Bowls. So the competition for BYU is most likely to come from uh, conferences like the ACC, uh, excuse me, the, the AAC, the American, which Navy plays in. So that'll be a good little litmus test there. So, yeah, we can look now as BYU fans and think, okay, could this be a New Year's Six season? Well, they've got to beat Navy to start with. 
But if they do, we can hold on to that hope, as crazy as it may sound, until that big loss might come. Yeah, then it's a quest for perfection 2008 type of year where it's like, we're all in, baby, there's a chance. And think about it. This is the easiest schedules BYU, BYU has played since when? The 70s? I mean, BYU doesn't have a Power 5 team on there. Navy is quality for sure. We think Houston will be very improved. Army can be a challenge. Western Kentucky's sneaky, right? But, like, BYU could win every game. BYU could win every game. So, Trevor, we're, we're talking about a team and a program that has won four, seven, and seven the last year. Those two ideas do not mesh. So what is it about this BYU team that makes you feel like there's a possibility at all? They're so strong at key position groups. You know, D-line, especially in the middle with Tonga, and linebackers to go with some experienced pieces in that secondary, really solid. An offensive line that'll be one of the better offensive lines that'll be playing in the fall in college football with an experienced, talented quarterback. Those are all reasons why it's okay to believe that the rest of the pieces could come together around them. But to take off the blue glasses, think of it this way. Last year, they beat Boise State, USC, Tennessee, but then they lost to San Diego State and Hawaii. So, you know, we, we don't want to put too much pressure on this team and be unfair with expectations. But my expectations are high. And if they can keep guys on the field with respect to injury and COVID and things like that, with this schedule, they've got a chance to do some special things. Trevor, it's great to catch up with you. And most importantly, Great to know that you're healthy and that your eye surgery went well, and we certainly appreciate your time and uh, an unprecedented time as we near college football. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. The quest for perfection happened after an 11 and two and 10 and three, or sorry, 11 and two and 11 and two season. That's when it happened. It was like, oh, BYU's really good. They returned. Max Hall and Dennis Pitta and Harvey Junga and Austin Colley. You know, this is not that type of team, but we think this team will be better. So six and two has got to be at least what BYU does, if not better. You asked the last time BYU had this easy of a schedule. There's an argument for 2001, Jerem. That yeah, that schedule yeah, perhaps so one. And easy. this is even easier because you're not playing 14 games. You're playing eight. There's just less carries to be had on Lapini Katoa's body there's fewer tackles for zane anderson to make and hopefully not get hurt you know what i mean that type of stuff this is the easiest schedule you always had in a long time not just competitively i'm talking total number how it's set up go win some games baby let's go baby yeah okay coming up dax mill on replacing matt bushman's production and where the byu football coaches will be on game day and what that means this is byu sports nation hopefully in the stadium there, but where in the state? Oh. Monday's game day is going to be covered wire to wire on BYU Radio, starting with Cougar pregame live at 6 Eastern, two hours of pregame coverage, BYU at Navy, as well as two hours of postgame with Greg Rubel, Riley Nelson, Mitchell Jurgensen, Jason Shepard. They have got the pregame, the game, and the postgame covered, baby. He is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. This is BYU Sports Nation on a Friday. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Ram presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes told the media he will be on the sidelines during the Navy game with Aaron Roderick and Steve Clark in the box. What do the positions of the coaches on game day mean? That BYU has continuity there, Jaron. This is what BYU was doing late last season, and it worked 
well for the most part. So I like that Jeff Grimes is on the sideline. I like that he's specifically going to be engaged with the position group he is strongest in coaching, the offensive line. Yeah, he, he is an amazing offensive line coach, and he's done it at a national championship level with Auburn. He did it with LSU, who is really good. He did it with uh, you know Colorado, and there have been other schools, namely BYU, and they were good. I don't really care who calls the plays if it's going well, right? Uh, whether that's Aaron Roderick in the box with run game coordination from Jeff Grimes or whatever. Just if BYU's clicking on offense, it's all good. Baby. And I asked Aaron Roderick how the relationship is with Jeff Grimes right now, and he says it's never been better. The trust has never been higher. Oh, I think the cohesion's really good among that staff. Let's go. All right, Jaron, BYU basketball head coach Mark Pope told you last night on Instagram Live that he's been contacted by a promoter about a possible college hoops bubble featuring the top 20 to 30 teams from last season. Would a college basketball bubble be something you'd get excited for? Oh, yeah. Mark uh, mentioned this may be, if that happened, that might be the best non-conference schedule BYU's ever played because all the games would be uh, quad one types, right? Well, yes. If they're all top 50? Neutral site, top 50 teams. Yes. So then BYU's resume could be really good. And if you, let's say BYU played like eight games there and they split those four. Oh, man. That'd be amazing. I'm all for... Whatever allows the NCAA tournament to happen. Just if it takes a bubble to get to that point so that $900 million or a billion dollars can happen and we can start to replenish some of these athletic programs that are in dire need of financial help, yes. Just get to the tournament. If it's a bubble, great. And think about there are hundreds of schools that don't have football to help them offset the cost, right, or their FCS home. Yeah. That's important. Like Gonzaga, for example. On this day in BYU football history, the Cougars beat Notre Dame and quarterback Brady Quinn. Now I'm done. 20 to 17 at Lavelle Edwards Stadium in 2004. Todd Watkins, 115 yards, receiving Fahu Tahi Austin Kali as a freshman. Touchdown, baby. Nice grab. That was the beginning of a beautiful relationship. Matt Payne hit a 53 yarder, 44 yarder. Brady Papinga, seven tackles, a sack, a forced fumble, and three quarterback hurries. So, regarding Notre Dame, when will BYU and the Fighting Irish play again? Jerem, I think it's going to be 2031. I don't. I have no idea. It might be a decade before this game actually happens. What? What do we think we know more? When this game will happen, or the second coming? Because these are discussions that happen often among our fan base. One, the Notre game, game, and then you know every year it's like, hey, we getting closer to uh, the rapture here. The rapture for BYU football would be an invite to a Power 5 league, but it'd also be, oh, we actually played that Notre Dame game at home. They actually returned it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not kidding. I, when I say, like, a 5- to 12-year time frame, like, it... it BYU's obviously ready to just wait it out because South Florida signed up for multiple games this year with yep. Notre Dame. So it's like, wait a minute. You can't return the one game? BYU's playing it cool. Tom Homo in that independent room. They're all holding their drinks, and Tom's just like, well, it's all good. Hey, we're we'll no we'll be here when you're uh, yeah. feeling ready. When it's convenient for you, we'll be here. And Tom's drink is clearly Coca-Cola. <laughs> yeah, 2031. Mark it down. Mm-hmm. Last night, current NFL running back Frank Gore watched his son, Frank Gore Jr., carry the ball 12 times for 32 yards in his debut with Southern Miss. <laughs> Frank Gore Sr. is still playing in the NFL Incredible. with the New York Jets. Wild. Which BYU player do you think could see their offspring play at BYU 
while they're still in the pros. Let's talk through this. Frank Gore's 37. His kid's 18. Uh, so he had a kid at 19. That'd be a rare thing for a BYU student, generally speaking, right? Um, so I'm guessing it isn't likely. And also the fact that Frank Gore has is in the NFL for his 17th year as a non-kicker is unbelievable. It ain't going to happen ever with a BYU player. Yeah, it would probably have to be like a baseball player or a basketball player. So I, I, the one person that came to mind was uh, maybe Brandon Davies has an offspring playing something at BYU while he's still playing European basketball in his late 30s. I don't know. I don't know. Because yeah. he had a baby relatively young, but I mean, it's not going to yeah. be it's not going to be taste of yeah. meal. It's not going to be a lot of drama around what you're saying. Not going to be the Kafusis, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know we were going there. Okay. <laughs> Coming up, know the phone, Navy Edition. Plus, BYU wide receiver Dax Milne one-on-one with Jerem Jordan. And Dax has had some incredible catches. Which does he think is the best of his best? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Deep Blue Season 2 is going. We put out uh, Zach Wilson's story this week. Next week, uh, Dax Milne. We'll hear from him in a moment. Uh, but if you want to watch Season 1 and what's going on in Season 2, you can go to the BYU TV app and search Deep Blue. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on a Friday in Studio B. A BYU football game will happen on Monday. Can you believe it? Let's we are go. three days away. You brought up Dax Milne. I think he's the most underappreciated player on the BYU offense. It's not going to take him long to move himself out of that category because everybody will be saying his name this year. Former walk-on term scholarship receiver, Jerem. Yeah, he, he was a guy that uh, had a little bit of a journey getting here. He's had uh, dealing with uh, you know a mother with who's overcome cancer. We'll explore that story uh, in Deep Blue next week. But he's expected to be a top three receiver. And uh, here's my conversation yesterday with the junior receiver, Dax Milne, on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. All right, Dax, listen, uh, when I was in high school, it was tough for me to talk to Bingham guys, but you seem like a guy I want to talk to, but I'm guessing that you probably went 4-0 against Copper Hills in high school? Uh, I, for sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even have to think about it? Yeah, it happened. Uh, okay, let's, let's talk about you. It feels like you just got here, but you're actually a junior. Um, walk people through your journey to get to BYU, because originally I think it was, what, Weber State with Fessy Satake? Yeah, mainly Weber State and SEU came in uh, later. But you're right, it was Fessy Satake that was uh, recruiting me at Weber. And I did have some other preferred walk-ons, like at Utah and Utah State as well, and some other military offers. Um, But once Fessy got moved to here at BYU – um, I took a visit here and I just, it all felt right. I wanted to play for Fessy and, and that first, my freshman year, just kind of kept my head down, worked hard and, and tried to just make as many plays as I could and practice and stuff. And it all, um, it all worked out and in the end, and I was uh, able to get a scholarship. That's a bit of a sacrifice, obviously, uh, going from, Hey, I have a scholarship at other schools to walking on at BYU but I've seen pictures of you in Cougar gear from when, you, when you were younger with Bronco Mendenhall and your brother Dallin. Uh, yeah. It feels like you've been a BYU fan for a while. Was this something you always wanted to do, be at BYU? Um, now, when I was younger, we'd you know, go to the BYU camps together, me and my brother. But I was always uh, a Utah fan at heart, uh, always growing up. And then 
it wasn't until I got here that it, I changed over, and now I now I hate Utah. So, <laughs> just a couple of ex Utes, you know, uh, fans, Wilson to Milne, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's let's talk about your development too. So you, you said you kept your head down. You earned a scholarship after your freshman year, and then last year you you had some amazing catches. USC comes to mind. South Florida comes to mind. Utah State comes to mind. Those are big time catches. What what's been your favorite catch so far? Um, my favorite catch, I think it was uh, it was USC's. It just as soon as I was uh, as soon as I caught it and looked over and I saw that I had scored and the crowd was going nuts. It was just nothing like that feeling. I don't know. That, that was my favorite one. And then you do it a few weeks later at South Florida. I mean, it's on the other side of the field. It's left hand this time. Uh, walk me through that one. Yeah, that one was, was a wild. I, I didn't know if Jaron was, was going to look my way. I'm pretty sure it was Jaron. And, and um, when I ran my, my go route, I looked up in the air and, and I saw the ball was up in the air going towards me, and and um, the DB was actually in pretty good position. But right at the end, he grabbed my right arm, and I just had to use my left. And thank goodness I was able to hang on to it. And um, and then I just I was it was a way game, so I just heard the our sideline going nuts, and and so it was it was just fun. Not bad in an NFL stadium too, right? Yeah, that was cool too. Yeah. You're one of the incumbent three receivers expected to have a big year. Obviously, Neil Powell was back. Gunnar Romney is a junior now and with you. What do you guys as, as a trio feel like you need to bring in terms of leadership and experience to this group? Um, I would say we first we need to bring energy. Um, it's kind of been a big point for us uh, as in, in practice. Um, it gets hard during, you know, these – fall camp weeks where no we're not playing a game and so it's hard to find energy so we've been making a point to bring energy and but for the games I feel like we need to bring uh toughness because I think once um other positions on defense or offense see us uh being tough and whether it's making tough blocks or making tough catches contested catches I feel like that's pretty contagious and um it makes other people want to play hard and uh, play well. So I think that's what we need to do. We're talking to junior receiver Dax Milne here on BYU Sports Nation. You're not just a receiver. You're the starting punt returner as well. What's right. your favorite part about returning a punt? I'd say for sure not when it's when the ball's in the air because that can get a little scary. You know, you got to <laughs> look, up, look up and down as the players come at you full speed. So I guess my favorite part is just running with the ball and just – doing what uh doing what i can do so you got to be short-handed to be the punt returner but in terms of receiving the ball who's the best uh who has the best hands on the team in your opinion hands um i won't give a, a number one guy i'll give a top three i'm gonna i'm gonna say matt bushman i'm gonna include me and gunner on me i'd say the us three have the best hands on the team Let's talk about Matt for a second. Certainly a massive blow, not only physically, but it seems like emotionally to the team. How have you guys coped with that uh, this week? Uh, yeah, it's still, it's still pretty fresh um, as far as coping goes. When it happened, it was devastating. Uh, there's some guys emotional about it. and um, But so far, I think we're starting to just realize that, like, yeah, it's, it's terrible. Matt was a huge part of our team and great guy, and you just hate to see it. But 
we're realizing that we can still uh, make plays and win games without him. So we just, just got to do it differently. Do you feel like the receivers have a bigger role in that since the tight ends are so young? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say the receivers are kind of taking more of the, of the load after that injury. Let's talk about Navy. Everyone focuses on the option and the flex bone offensively from Navy, but defensively, what sticks out about what they do? I think what sticks out about their defense is they're not afraid to to go cover zero, which means they're blitzing everyone and they're going one-on-one matchups. You looking your chops thinking about a cover zero? Oh, yeah, I love a cover zero. One-on-one matchups, all that stuff. Are you the guy that goes back to the huddle and says, hey, Zach, I was open? Or does he just know <laughs> you're going to always – assume that oh man um yeah i don't know i'll i'll usually save it until we're uh either on the sideline or and (laughs) we live with each other so i'll talk with them at home like hey come on dude you know i was open there so is their roommate target bias (laughs) i wish but no (laughs) like dude we're roomies like i did the dishes throw me the ball Throw me the rock. Come on. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's funny. Who's, who's next to you in the locker room? Who are your uh, teammates on the sides of you? I got my guy, Braden Cosper, who I went to high school with. So, And then um, Caden Haas, he's a D lineman. So, Awesome. Used to be a center, right? Used to be snapping the ball. Yeah, now it's switched over. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're going to feature you on Deep Blue next week. Your story is very compelling, not only personally, but uh, your mother, who has uh, overcome colon, uh, colon cancer. She is a tremendous warrior. What has she meant in your life? She's, she's meant a ton. I'm sure as uh, many people would say the same about their mothers, the huge part of everyone's lives. And I'm just grateful that I have one, and, and she's kind of just become my why in, in what I do in school and, and definitely football. I just love making her proud, so. And I got to shout out your brother, Dallin. He works with us. He's a student production assistant. But BYU fans may remember him from the Gonzaga game. He's on the first row of the rock, and he's about to jump over, and he just falls backwards pretty hard. Luckily, he was okay. That, that was, that was uh, not top ten moment, right? Hey, I'm just glad I, uh, some other people noticed it because that, that was hilarious to see him just fall back. And it was funny because all my friend, the other uh, people around him were my friends too, and – and they, during the video, when I saw him, they just didn't even think twice about it when he just fell back there. But then afterwards, we were all just laughing. It was so funny. They were getting ready to storm. They weren't focused on, uh, you know, the yeah. guy that fell. Yeah, right? they were so excited to storm. Okay, let's wrap it up with this. Monday Night Football, man. This is maybe going to be the game that's been most viewed in BYU football history. The opportunity is immense. How excited are you for the opportunity to play on Monday Night Football on ESPN to open the season? Uh, super excited. It feels like almost like NFL, you know, Monday Night Football. And, and yeah, I've kind of been hearing estimated numbers of how many people are going to watch. And I hope everyone watches. It's, it's going to be a good game. Well, Dax, best of luck. Enjoy the trip. Uh, stay safe. And uh, good luck against Navy. Appreciate it. Thank you. Dax Milne on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. His dad, uh, Darren, played at BYU baseball. It was all con- all whack, uh, drafted by the Tigers. His brother, uh, Dallin, you played golf with Dallin. He's one of our production assistants. 350 off the no, tee? No kidding. That's not an exaggeration. He is 350 to like 360 off the tee. 
Tony Finau, did you hear that? That's like hanging out with you. And granted, man. that's doing it at Elevation in Utah. So yes. Oh, the Elevation edition. But never mind. It's not that cool. Three hundred fifty <laughs> yards off the tee. Yeah, an incredibly athletic. Yeah, I, I expect Dax to. He, he doubled his catches, yards per catch, and touchdowns, and quadrupled his yards from freshman to sophomore. I expect a thirty-five catch, four hundred yard, four touchdown season at least from Dax. Oh, you'll get that, Jerem. <laughs> and then he shall be appreciated. <laughs> Coming up today's rise and shout out to the great bony full <laughs> and we play know the full naval academy edition what you know about annapolis jerem i hope you studied up i didn't Did you say full know the full this segment of byu sports nation is presented by the tim daly auto group serving utah since 1968 BYU Sports Station continues with this daily reminder as you look at Ken Niamatololo, the head coach of Navy. He's getting ready for BYU. Our show is available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. You can download the podcast. Just uh, Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. Okay, Jerem, let's play Know the Foe, not Know the Full. Very different segment. Know the Foe, a Navy edition presented by Tim Daly Ford. Part of the Tim Daly Auto Group serving Utah since 1968. This is the first time we've done this in like six Woo! or seven months, maybe eight or nine. I don't know. Let's All right. Go. Um, don't we need somebody else involved in this? Okay. We, we haven't heard from Ben Bagley in a minute. Ben, uh, are, you, show, are you there? The are it's you still... good to be back. Yay! Still not, Just not on camera. camera. Just social voice. distance. Okay. Okay. By the way, before we start, uh, Spencer, you're going to go first to know the foe. This okay. was decided by a coin flip taking place in the break. Okay. Officiated by the security firm, firm of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe. So okay. it was very official. Very good. Hi, Spencer. Dewey, Cheatham. <laughs> Number one, true or false? Navy is the only service academy to have an alum in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Oh, man. So do Air Force and Army. True. It's Roger Staubach. Yes. Air Force it is and Army true. don't have one? No. Interesting. And Navy has two, not just Roger Starbuck, but Ed Sprinkle. Oh, Ed Sprinkle, yeah. He Who can forget about Ed? Oh, man, Ed. Right. So Sprinkle. spry. All right, Jerem. You, early, early, early trailing here. I'm this used, one, you got this one. I'm used to trailing in life. <laughs> is Annapolis, Maryland located closer to Washington, D.C. or Baltimore? Oh, jeez. I got a 50-50. I'm going to phone a friend here. Spencer? <laughs> I know this answer. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, let's go, uh, let's go uh, Baltimore. It is Baltimore yep. by five miles. The Wire. All right, Spencer, the Navy fight song is titled Anchors Away. Spell away. <laughs> it's it's titled Anchors Away? Anchors Away is the Spell name of the away? Navy fight song. Spell away. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> okay, A-N-C-H-O-R-S. No, not anchors. I want the other second part. Away. Okay. A W E I G H. Correct. Oh! Wow. <laughs> From wow. deep. Wow. What'd you say? A W E I G H. E I G H. Anchors away. Wow. They don't even know how to spell. <laughs> All right. Jerem. Just kidding. It's with a 9 0 and 1 record in 1926, the Navy Midshipmen yeah, yeah. shared the national title mm-hmm. with two other traditions. Teams, their traditional college football powerhouses. Name one of them. Oh yeah, with um, yeah, it was uh, I think it was Yale and uh, Princeton. No, that's <laughs> correct. It was it was Bama and Stanford. 
Alabama and Stanford played to a 7-7 tie in the Rose Sorry. Bowl, giving all three teams Sorry, no you just said Stanford's a traditional powerhouse? That's the, the funniest thing I've ever heard. In the more, 20s, more they so were? than yell. Yeah. Hey, hey, you, don't you dare respect Ivy League football. They won all the natties early. All right, Spencer. Okay. What, what former Utah State head football coach left the Aggies to take the helm of Navy? Oh, that's interesting. Charlie Weatherby. Correct. Yale football has 18 national championships, Ben. Oh, do they? 18. That's nice. <laughs> hey, Jerem, Navy has the same ma- has had the same mascot since 19 or er, 1893. Their mascot is a goat. Yes. What is the goat's name? Oh gosh. <laughs> uh, Fred. Nope. It's, oh. it's it's Bill the goat. Bill the goat. <laughs> Will, Willie the goat. Willie yeah, the goat. Bill, oh, the goat. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. All right, Spencer. NCIS is the fourth longest current TV program, and it is set in Annapolis, but it is not an original series. It's a spinoff of a different series. What series is it a spinoff of? Oh, we got to wrap this up. I have no idea. Jag, you're on. Last one, Jerem. Navy Academy, if they produce more presidents, United States are astronauts that's walked on the moon. Astronauts. Correct. Four of the 12 astronauts have walked on the moon came from the Navy Academy. That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. Spencer wins. Yeah! A-W-E-I-G-H. Good job. I want to get the rise of Charlie. Okay, do it. All right. Our lead voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at Flebsnecked on Twitter, where the offense or defense have a greater impact on the outcome of the game Monday. And they say, first instinct is to say defense because of the triple option. But I will say offense. If BYU consistently scores, then Navy can't afford to bleed the clock and shorten the game like they often do. Yep. Yeah. Either angle of this. Offense. The answer is yes. Yes. Today's Rise and Shoutout presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. The great Boney Fuller uh, produced a gem yesterday. Good to hear from Boney. Uh, talking about uh, Willie Collins. He may play for Navy, but get a load of those armies. <laughs> he is jacked. Love it. <gasps> Boney, good to hear from you. Oh, our thanks to today's guests, Trevor Maddich and Dax Mill. Started Dennis Pitta, ran out of time. Conversation continues 24-7. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, hashtag BYUSN for Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. Shout out to Jack DeMooney. I will see you from Annapolis on Monday, baby. And we'll be live from the stadium. Let's go.